This podcast is brought to you by King's Council Coaching. The mission of the King's Council is to help you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents and abilities. In order to leave a legacy, you need to live your legacy of excellence through the five power pillars, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and financial. Now, our programs are specifically designed to give you the blueprint and strategies that you need to gain an edge in the most important areas of your life. If you're an entrepreneur ready to upgrade your finances and align yourself with other powerful kingdom-minded men and women, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com to start your legacy of excellence today. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Chosen Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Spittler, Director of Member Relationships here at the King's Council. And this week, I got my man, Alan Farina, on the show. Alan, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Happy to be on. And I know it's been a few weeks coming, so I'm just stoked to be here and talk shop together, man. A few weeks coming, man. I've been trying to get you on for months. I feel like this is a, a long time coming, but, yeah, uh, but probably. dude, you have such a cool story. Obviously, uh, played MLB for a while, and now you're crushing it in business. But but hey, just personally, I'm so happy to have you on here, just because I like getting some time with you. Some people, it takes a while for you to get along. I feel like you and me, like as soon as we had that first conversation, I'm like, man, I click with this guy. There's definitely alignment that I feel like God has brought us into. Man, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. It definitely was a God alignment. And it's one of those things where you just know when you hit it off with somebody, you just are on the same same wavelength. He can just talk about anything and you just you show each other that grace that, that we all need. So I'm all about it. I love it, man. So tell me, and can you remind me how long you've been a part of King's Council, how you got involved? Yeah. Yeah. First heard about King's Council Online, just really w- was looking for uh, a tribe and a, a group of uh, entrepreneurs to to do life with and to learn and to grow together with. So I believe that the first month was January of this year. So I've been in about five months and it has been transformational for sure, to say the mm. least. Love it, man. Now, like I said, you have a really cool story. So why don't you, why don't we jump there? Uh, why don't you give us a background of, of some of your story? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, so I, I, I grew up in a small town outside of Orlando, all in. loved playing baseball. That was my thing growing up. That was my passion, my hobby. Spent a lot of time on the ball fields, weekends, weeks. That's just what we did before the digital era. There was no, you know, no technology or, or real internet. Uh, so we you know we spent our time playing kind of sandlot baseball, pickup style when we were young, and played little league. Did all that. Um, always knew in the back of my mind, I knew that, that, that I wanted to some, at some point in my life, be an entrepreneur and, and, and own a business. My, my family has, has some entrepreneurial spirit and background as well, but pursued baseball. That was the gift that God gave me at a young age and really rose through the ranks there, played high school here at Oviedo High School locally, then went on and played at Clemson, Clemson University, and then was drafted by uh, the Blue Jays in 20 or 2007 and it was a dream come true it was definitely a something that i had envisioned myself doing since i was little and i put in a lot of work to do it it just there's so many parallel lessons that i've learned in baseball that have trans uh, transitioned now into business but really that work ethic that belief and that perseverance i learned at a young age 
and really also the ability to make adjustments because like anything in life, you're not going to get it right the first time. You're always going to have to look for improvements and adjustments. And that's one of the one of the things I learned in baseball is to just be to be really flexible and open-minded, learning from many different coaches and mentors along the way to help me reach my dreams and goals there. It was it, it was great. It was great to be able to get that opportunity. Had some different injuries along the way that kind of I guess prohibited some of the accelerated growth and movement once I was drafted. But you know that again, it just all comes back to perseverance. And so for me, it was a blessing. I learned a lot. I really developed my faith a lot in playing playing professional baseball. Had some great success and also some injuries and some setbacks. One of the cool things that that we got exposed to in professional baseball was something called baseball chapel, which was cool on, on Sundays, each city that we were in, there'd be a, a pat, like a designated pastor or didn't even necessarily need to be a pastor. It could just be just a leader or a spiritual mentor that would come in and talk to us. We, a few of the, the believers, it was open to everyone, but you usually wind up being maybe five or six guys would come in on Sunday and, and we would read out of the Bible and just have fellowship and just like have a, a nice open conversation. It wasn't necessarily too structured. There may be a, a topic, but we would just spend time together and, and do life because we'd, we'd play games on Sunday. So we didn't have time to, to necessarily go, go to a church or anything like that. That was cool. That was really helpful along the way, going through different challenges, adversities, injuries, surgeries, rehabs, all those things. I grew up in the Catholic church growing up. So my faith was, I would say, underdeveloped just from that standpoint, just didn't, I believed, um, but didn't have a, a, a real strong foundation. It was more of a religion based. It was more just try to be my best, try to do good and, and, and not do bad. And it just wasn't necessarily yeah. working for me. Having that baseball chapel, man, that was really huge. That was uh, really helped my faith develop in the midst of that. And God knew what he was doing. He was preparing me. And after about six years, a Tommy John surgery on my elbow, a few, a couple knee surgeries, it was at the end of 2013. I did plan on coming back 2014 to, to spring training and was pretty close there to, to signing a, signing a contract, a long-term, longer-term contract. Being a, a closer, it's not a 10-year deal type situation. It's typically you get a, a couple years at a time. But regardless, I think I was in that position. The skill was there. It just, there was a, over the, the off season of 2013 and in there in between 2013, and 2014, did have some tragedy. My, my brother's girlfriend at the time, and they both lived with my wife and I, she had passed away there in a uh, tragic boating accident. And it really just gave me a perspective shift on what's important and really just not wanting to miss those years. My, my wife and I had two children at that point, mm. uh, my son Maddox and our daughter Journey. And for the first four or five years, I had, had been on the road and, and that was right. my choice. Obviously, it was a part of the job. It was part of the part of what I signed up for, but it was also a choice that I made to continue to pursue that. But once that tragedy happened, it really, and then a couple months after that, my, my grandfather had passed away. So it really just opened up my mind to, hey, life is just too short to be choosing to be on the road that much and be away from my kids. And that was a choice I made there not to go back to spring training in 2014 and to instead really dive in head first into entrepreneurship and business. And it was, it was a scary step because growing up, I had played baseball for the past 27 years of my life and um, not really knowing what I was doing yet. You just, I, I leaned on my faith. I leaned on my faith and just trusted God to, I felt him nudging me in that direction to just step out and trust me here. So I did, I took the first step and it hasn't been easy, but it's, it's grown my faith tremendously. It's opened my mind. It's helped me to really develop myself more. 
And here now we're, I think this is my ninth year as an entrepreneur. I've learned so much, made so many um, great alignments and definitely feel that the best is ahead and always growing. So it, this is this time now that I've been able to, to join the King's Council and to just surround myself with great people it is something that I've been needing. I've been wanting inside, just didn't quite have the right opportunity or tribe to join with it. I felt like there was a lot of a lot of um, synergy and, and common faith there. I'm just super pumped to to do life and to, and to really just win together with other people who are kingdom mindsetted and just really glorify God and what we're doing in the business mm-hmm. world. So that's a, that's a little bit of a, a backstory. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, we love having you in King's Council. I think everyone that knows you loves you and, and you brought so much to the tribe. I love your your uh, champion mindset. You always, every time I talk to you, it seems like you have a positive attitude on things, even when you're going through the storm. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, even as you were sharing there about getting drafted to play pros, I did a quick search on my phone. It said the chances of becoming a professional athlete, and maybe some of these stats, are 0.00075% chance that someone will become a professional athlete. Even once you become a NCAA athlete, you have less than a 2% chance of then making it on into the pros. They said probably higher likelihood that you'll get struck by lightning in your life than making it into the pros. So I got to ask you, what do you think the difference is with with your story? How were you able to get to the pros, a place where a lot of people want to be? What was different about you? Man, I had a great upbringing. I've definitely got to give credit to my parents. They made a ton of sacrifice. We we just worked hard too, man. It just it was something that I think inside me I just wanted. I wanted that more than anything else. It really came down to that belief and that when you put that work in day in day out from from the time you were little and you actually enjoy it and have fun doing it. I didn't I never looked at it once until the decision I made to to leave. I never looked at it as an obligation. I really wanted it. I really wanted mm-hmm. to to be my best and and that was that was a passion and a skill that God gave me. So I think the difference for me really was just that consistent work ethic day in day out. I, I honestly I, I noticed on my team on all the teams I played with that I, I really I I worked harder than a lot of the guys on the team. I wasn't truly. I was just trying to be my best. I wasn't working hard because I wanted to work outwork other people. It was really just because I didn't want to leave any stone unturned. Like I didn't want to have any doubt at the end of my career that I could have or should have done more. That was really, I think, that driving force that I just didn't want to have any regrets looking back that I could have worked harder. I could have done, believed. I could have maybe improved my mindset more. It was just. I just didn't want to leave anything to chance. I think that yeah. was the main thing. It just that driving force of wanting to be my best. And, um, and the com- combination of that with a lot of great coaching, a lot of sacrifices from my parents, they would drive me all over the state, sometimes over the Southeast to, to play in tournaments and, and as well to have good, good coaches along the way that, the, that we would go do like lessons and pri- private lessons with combination, man, it ultimately comes down to it was God's plan and it was God's grace. But yeah. That's, I would say really that work ethic in that, that it's like we say in the King's Council, we, we can, um, we want to do as much as we possibly can in our power and turn it over to God and surrender that to mm-hmm. God and, and, and trust him that he's going to add his super to our natural. And that's what he did. He's never let us down. He never let me down. And I think when, I think he rewards people when they go all in and give everything they've got. And that's what I feel mm-hmm. like it, it was a blessing. It was God saying, Hey, I see you, man. That's good. 
yeah, obviously couldn't do anything, couldn't breathe uh, without the grace of God. Um, so God is definitely the sustainer of these things. But I'll tell you what, we've had a lot of um, successful people on this podcast, people with companies with $200 million valuations. We've had, I had Jerry Bloom on here a couple weeks ago. He just finished a hundred mile race uh, that he ran in 24 hours, ran over a hundred miles sitting with you. One common denominator from everyone I sit with who's had a measure of success in their life is they say hard work. Like you got to actually put in the work. So I love that, that you came with that answer. You also said you felt like you wanted it more than other people. What was it that you wanted? Was it to push yourself as far as you could go? Was it the, the money, the fame? What is it that you were going after? Yeah, man. It changed as I played longer because when I was little, it just was all fun. I didn't know the business yeah. of baseball. I didn't, know, I didn't know really about the money side of it. I just wanted to get out there and compete and to help my team win. And I think that route really carried through all the way until I stopped playing is I really just, I loved being around guys and, and winning and being a part of that and being in the action, being in pressure situations. I don't know, I thrived off of that. I thrived off of being in that situation. As a closer, I was which, where I evolved into as I became uh, a pro, you're always in the situation where the team has gotten to a point in the game where they're up three runs or less in that eighth or ninth inning and it's your job to go in and seal the deal. And so I really thrived on that competition and just that, that um, wanting to just pick my boys up and, and to make sure that, that we as a team won as many games as we can, as we could. Uh, obviously, hey, as I got older and realized that there was a way for, for me to also to provide for my family and to have financial success, that definitely motivated me too. I think it was just more and more importantly, it, it was just wanting to win, wanting to compete, wanting to be out there mm. uh, with guys that are all have a common goal in mind. And I think that really drove me to be my best and to be a leader. Mm. I think more than the money, than anything else, it was just to do my part and, and to pick my team up that, that had worked so hard to get to the, get the game into a situation where they counted on me to come in there and do my job. I think that was definitely more of a motivating factor than money for me. Sure, sure. But then you said after, after that tragedy that had taken place that your priorities began to change. How did that affect your mindset and how did your priorities change? Yeah. So um, up until that point, my son was about five years old and, and I had been on the road the past, the past five years and baseball is a long season with spring training and then 160 game season and then playoffs. Um, you're looking at six seven months out of the year that you're gone. So I didn't really see my son too much. And so one of the things that I noticed is I, I don't want to, I don't want to choose to be away that, that much every year anymore. And I had to have my family chasing me around the country or whatever I was, wherever I was, I didn't want that lifestyle. And also I, I in the off seasons, my son just started to play t-ball and some little league stuff. And I just saw the, I saw the need for uh, someone to, to really guide and teach him as well as other youth kids that the level of coaching was pretty low to my standard just because I'd played so far. So I really, it really drove me crazy being out there watching um, some of the things that coaches would tell my kid <laughs> to do. And I'm like, no, you can't. So I'd be, I'd have to come back after every game and say, no, don't do this. Don't do that. <laughs> Listen to me. I've done, I, I know I've, I've done this. I've, proven this, that trial and error, this works, that does it. So it was a combination, man, that, that I just really wanted to be more involved with my family, mm. you know, have more of a, an impact with my kids and be there for my wife and just have a, a great relationship. There's also a lot of temptation when you're on the road that long 
you know, out of the year, there's a lot of just a lot of time away. You've got the guys that aren't married and they don't have families and, and they're always running and gunning and going out after the games. And so you always feel that pull a little bit like, hey, I want to go celebrate with my boys. We just want a big game, blah, 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 whatever. But I knew that wasn't going to that wasn't good for me because I got to get ready to play the next day. So it was just one of those things where I just had to make that call. And yeah, that, that tragedy was, it comes back to that Romans 8.28 where God works all things out for good. So I just, I knew that there was going to be a silver lining in that. I knew that God could could redeem that situation. And it was just a moment for me that I had to make a decision of what what's more important to me. God's always going to provide for us. So it was, it, it was one of those things where it was a little bit scary because I didn't know how that was going to happen or how he was going to provide because I had just been one thing my whole life. But right. Again, just I thank God for the faith, right? The faith that, that he led me to leap up, take that step of faith and, and trust him and not really worry about the unknown or the uncertainty of the future. Such a cool story and such a great uh, example for people that uh, maybe have, you got some kind of dream job or you got that thing that you always wanted, but you start to realize, wait, have my priorities changed? And I love hearing you say, yeah, I had it all. I had the thing that so many people are going after as a professional ball player, but I didn't have the ability to go teach my kid how to play t-ball and that became the bigger priority for you man definitely honor to you for for prioritizing your family and then taking the leap into entrepreneurship did you know coming out of baseball that you were going to jump right into entrepreneurship did you consider just going out and getting a job were you nervous about doing entrepreneurship how did that look for you yeah, I always knew in my heart that when I was done playing baseball, whenever that was, that I wanted to be in business for myself. So my grandfather um, was from Italy. He came over on a boat in the 20s or 30s, and he he created a uh, custom home and construction company. And I always looked, at, I always loved my grandpa and just respected him for what he did. Coming over from another country with really with hardly anything growing a company that now my uncle owns and, and it was just a cool example though my, my dad was in the navy and and served our country from that standpoint and take no credit away from that because that's super honorable in itself but i, I always looked over at at my grandfather and what my my uncle had done and were continuing to grow and build and i just knew that there was there was a calling there was that that draw that pull inside me to step into that into that lane and create something of value that was different, that, that wasn't building someone else's dream, but that actually was creating my own dream and um, supporting my family in a way that, that allowed me to have more time with them. I, I thought too that, hey, one of the main reasons why I stopped playing was to spend more time with my family. I can't justify going out and getting a nine to five job and feel good about that. Like I already had a great job and I didn't look at it as a job, but it was a job. It was a good paying job, but at the same time, there was just no way for me to feel comfortable settling for anything less. Yeah, that's really what kind of helped, helped me make that decision. Though, hey, listen, I have, I've had different opportunities. Like I said, my, my uncle has a, a super successful custom home building and company. And he asked me right when I was done, if I want to come and, and sell homes and do that around Orlando. And it would have been a lot more comfortable for sure for those first few years as an entrepreneur. But I just, again, just felt like it was, God put it on my heart to step out for a reason and it wasn't to build someone else's business as much as I want the best for everyone, but it just, that wasn't for me. Yeah. Something we talk a lot about in King's Council is that really the first way that God reveals himself to us is as creator. 
that God, the first thing we see God doing from the beginning is actually working. And that work is creative work. And two of the words I just heard you say was, I wanted to build something. I wanted to create value. And that actually comes from our creator, right? That, that we have a God that designs us or designed us with a, a, an ability and even a desire, a hunger to create, to bring something new to the marketplace, to bring something of value to someone. And so I think for all of us, whether you do that as, a, as an entrepreneur or just throughout your life, there, each one of us has that desire, that hunger to be creative in some area of our lives, to build something, to actually, God's put that in you. What would you say to somebody who's listening to this and they've always felt that desire in their heart to, to take that leap of faith to be an entrepreneur, but they feel scared. They feel like, man, I'm in this comfortable role. What's going to happen with my family? How I won't have that, that consistent paycheck. What would you say to them? Yeah, I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs that don't necessarily have faith and maybe they don't believe. For me, that was the prerequisite of just, I knew that God was always going to provide because of his, he promises that in his word. So I, I just, I, I thought about my family, what I wanted to do long-term with my family. And if I took a, a, another route, and went and, and, and pursued a job or something else, I was just delaying the vision that I had. And I, I, yeah, I just had to get started. The one thing that, that I, I think that I'm gonna look back at the last nine years of being an entrepreneur is I just took action. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be, you can't calculate all your risks ahead of time. There's a certain degree that you can. When you have faith, God will lead you to make decisions that you don't need to know the outcome. You don't need to yeah. know how it's gonna work out. And I think that's what, I would recommend really is you have a vision, you have a, a purpose, you have a, a passion, an opportunity, trust God and take the first step. Don't don't expect God to show you the, the, the 10th step. Just take that first one and be faithful and just trust that he's going to provide and he will. He'll make a way. It's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. It's never, it's, it hasn't been easy at all. Um, but I think for me, that's what allowed me to take that first step is just knowing that God was there to catch me when I fell mm. and, and we're going to fall. I think it, it's just outlasting the temporary turbulence as, as I refer to it is that we're going to, and we got to choose, we got to make choices because everything in life, there's going to be a degree of difficulty. Do, do I want to get up and get up at six in the morning and go to a job? Um, all day long and then come back home tired and not have the ability to go out and you know play catch with my son or to be around my wife with any kind of focus or intentionality or do I want to get up and go to work and build and create um, and and build myself some of that time and trust God in the process for me too it's been a faith building journey because every day I don't uh, rely on anyone to pay me it's based off the value that we bring and that was just that I didn't I, I can't say that I've never been fearful, but at the same time, I think just taking that action and, and choosing faith over fear, not worrying about the things that you can't control, just focusing, what, what can I do right now to take action and to move the needle forward? I'm still, this is a process, a lifelong process and a journey of growing, and I've still got a long way to go, but I think just focusing on what you can do in the moment and taking action, doing that your very best has mm. been the approach that has helped me through every hurdle or, or corner that I found myself back backed into and ultimately just trusting God, just uh, prayer, prayer and, and, and just getting that alone time with God throughout the day in the morning, afternoon, night, just, I just know that I'm going to put the action in, but it's going to be God's blessing that ultimately brings the victory. Right. Mm. So it's like just focusing on what we can control and, and doing our part and God won't let us down. I think we've heard it in our own and different phone calls and things that we've had, but 
I've never met anyone that never quit that eventually didn't succeed. So mm-hmm. it's leaning on leaning on that scripture and also just knowing that in time, we are going to reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up because God's word yeah. says it. So just really just having that, that full faith in the word, right? Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. Yeah. That's that's really good, Alan. Again, it's something that's common with people that I, I sit with when they talk about entrepreneurship. How often does our vision change from when we start? We might have it all planned out in our head, and then we start to get into it, and maybe an opportunity comes up, maybe an obstacle happens, and we have to pivot. We adjust, and the thing that we end up building looks very different than what we originally thought we were going to, to build. And so, again, so many entrepreneurs I sit with, they say, man, just start. Like you don't have to have it all planned out. A lot of that could change anyway, but just take the first step. It's, it's, it's not easy, but it's also not complicated in the sense that if you start taking action in an area of the market where you feel like you could bring some value and you work hard at it and you don't give up, as Alan's saying, at some point, you are going to find success. You could fail 10 times in a row, but the way that, that it works with being an entrepreneur is if you get it right once, man, you can really change your life. You can change your family's life for, for many generations. I, I think you got to want to be the one for your family too. You got to, for me, I felt like someone's got to do this. Someone's got to get out and really change the course, change the mindset, change the belief of our family. And, and if I don't, who's going to do it, right? I think as a, a husband and a father and wanting to provide the best life I possibly can for my kids and give them the opportunities to grow and to have amazing experiences in life, we just, we have to be willing to take those risks. Yes. Right? Without those risks, there is no, there's no rewards. We, we can't allow risks to, to repel us from the potential of what's ahead of us and knowing that God's going to be there. Yes. Yes. I just heard a quote that it was saying that they didn't think there was anything of value in life that doesn't come with some measure of risk mm-hmm. that we just have to. And this is part of even being a man, I think, stepping right. up, taking on those risks and saying, yeah, could there be consequences? But there's also a lot of risks to staying still. There's a lot of risks to not leading. There's a lot of risks to not stepping up. And this is something that we talk a lot about at King's Council is that legacy that you're going to lead with your family. Let's say that Let's say that you're an absent father, that you're just never in the home, you're never um, building that relationship with your wife, and you're never building that relationship with your kids. What do you expect? How do you think your kids are going to parent if you've set that example as an absent father? Mm-hmm. Maybe they go on and they become an absent father, and then their kids become an absent father. Many generations can go down the line of people just copying the generation before them mm-hmm. until someone in that family line says, hey, I'm going to do something differently and I'm actually going to change the dynamic of this family line. I'm going to be yeah. the one that that steps out, whether it be in business or uh, in our faith. I'm going to start to shift these things. And now all of a sudden, you got Alan Farina who's prioritizing his family over a great job, all the money, the fame, the the camaraderie that comes with being a professional baseball player. But now how does that look in in your family line when now your kids, they've been given an example to follow? Not that they necessarily will. We never know with these things. We raise kids the best we can, and sometimes kids can depart from that. But you've at least done everything that you can to show your kids the right example to live by. Is that something that you think a lot about legacy as you're you're hustling and, and working your tail off every day? Absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. I really do. I think I just want the best for my kids. And I know that God's given us each a purpose and it's really up to us to cultivate that. So I do want to be an example for my kids and my wife of what's possible. When you you get a, a clarity of vision, you take action, you trust God, and you just keep doing it over and over again. I really want them to see consistency. Because my son, he, he plays baseball. He's 12 now, so he's not really thinking about business or anything right now. He just wants to he wants to be his best at baseball. But I think what I'm trying to model is that consistency, that that work ethic, that perseverance, and, and to really, you know, create a, a story for them to look back on and and a testimony. Because there's challenges that we all go through, but a powerful testimony like that, someone can always look back to and relate to, and and also find strength and hope that, you know, hey, listen, this person overcame these odds or whatever it may be, these challenges, I can do it too. And I think that's what's great about us in the King's Council is that everyone's got their own story. Everyone's had their adversities or their setbacks or trials. And we feed off of that. We feed off the fact, you know what, hey, he's he's going through it or he went through that and look at him now or or look at her. So I think it's definitely, I just want to show an example, give them an example of um, what's possible when you don't give up, you trust the Lord. And uh, you just give your best. Leave it. The whole thing I, I did when I played ball is I just want to leave it all on the field. I wanted yeah. to leave everything I've got and spend mm-hmm. myself. That's my approach now with every day. Is just, I just want to. I just want to give everything I've got. And ultimately, too, is just understanding that our work is a form of worship. So yes. whether it's working out or whether it's it's serving on a phone call or, or, or creating something to is creating a solution for a problem, whatever it may be. I definitely want my family to to understand that that mindset of abundance and that. We can do all things and all things that God's calling us to do, we can do through his strength and, and by, by holding on to that faith. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent, man. I'm with you. I love that, that mindset that's, hey, let's leave it all in the field. And knowing that God has called us to work and that work can be worship when we do it with thanksgiving, when we do it with excellence, when we do it unto the Lord. Now, we talked... Recently, in, in, in somewhat recent times, uh, you were going through a storm. And I remember being really impressed by your mindset in the storm. So as entrepreneurs, as family people, there are going to be different storms in life that, that pop up. Um, how do we handle those times? When, if somebody's listening to this right now and they're like, man, I'm just in the thick of it. I feel like blow after blow, I'm just taking on water. What? How does somebody start to to get through a storm? Yeah, man, um, I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but it's just leaning on the faith, leaning on the Lord, and and it's just it sounds so simple. It really takes the awareness of our thoughts and our emotions on a daily basis because the devil can easily detour us if we let him. Yes. All the little things that happen that are out of our control that just pop up, you just blindsided. Like, what? Where did that come from? What, what happened? Yes. Why did that happen? And he's crafty like that. So. For me, it's just always it's always leaning back on the rock. It's going back to my faith, going back to the, the word, spending time and, and praying, but also listening, listening to God. And I think it's a matter really of that day in, day out walk, right? Of the more we stay in the word, the more we, we lean on brothers like we're doing now or in the King's Council, the more we, we have encouragement because all the encouragement the uncontrollable things that happen, they can discourage us if we don't have a good tribe, if we don't have a family, if we don't have a church body that we belong to, a tribe like King's Council. I think it really comes down to, and I'll tell you this, the business that we have now, the, the business model that we're pursuing, it was not what I started with. So it's evolved. This is probably the seventh different variation of, of from when I started. 
So it's, and all of those have had minor success, ups and downs, but it just wasn't meant to last. So I think being open to God and just allowing him to work all things for good, having yeah. that expectation that I don't really know why this is happening, but I know God's going to do something good with it. So I'm just mm. going to do, I'm just going to keep pressing. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trusting. Uh, I'm going to keep, you know, believing, keep looking for ways to improve and, and take responsibility for what I can do and not focus on what someone else did or someone else said, or even just being distracted by all the things that, that want to pull us away from where we're supposed to go. Mm. So yeah, it comes back down to my faith, brother. That's good, man. Faith, community, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Recognizing 100%. that we are in a war, that there's an enemy that's out there. He's waiting for you to come in that storm. He's waiting to get into your mind. He's waiting to, to sow those lies, those mm-hmm. those weeds. And yeah, we absolutely have to lean on our faith in the storm and be around people who can speak life into us, that can encourage us in, in, in a good mindset, but also help us recognize areas where we are getting off track. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think too, yeah, like you said, the community thing I think is super, super important because I think when when you feel isolated and, and as an entrepreneur, a lot of times you will, you feel like you're that man on the island and it's all on you. Yep. And, and the devil loves people who are isolated. He loves to, to have people isolated or, or just feel like they're alone. And that's when I think he attacks the most. So I think 100% being around people who are there that are going to lift you up, that are going to encourage you, that are also going through similar things themselves, like we have in this community at King's Council, I think is just huge. It's something that I know that personally I, I was definitely praying for and um, uh, looking for. And so when this came about, it was definitely a godsend. And it's a it's an extension of that, that firm foundation that we're all together, leaning in together and doing life together, supporting each other and, and ultimately growing our faith. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree. One of the things you said when you were talking about the business you're in now has evolved uh, a number of times. And I think sometimes we can feel like, God, why not just give me the answer from day one? Why would you have me go through all these ups and downs and challenges? I read one study recently that talked about they were doing a study on happiness and they were saying how much happier people are when they have earned success as opposed to to being given success. Mm. So if I was to give you a million bucks right now, you'd be like, oh, great. I appreciate that. You might feel really happy with it. But if you were to earn and fight and struggle and create and have to pivot and all those things, and you earned a million bucks, they were saying that the happiness that you would have through that earned success was going to far exceed if someone was to just give you success. Any response that you would have to to that study? Is that something that you've seen true in your life? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I relating back to to baseball. There's no handouts or shortcuts. There's no lottery. You yeah. you rise to the top by actually proving it on the field. And it's what have you done for me lately? That's the, kind of the whole philosophy or mindset behind it. And it, it definitely is a lot more rewarding. First of all, in sports, it's you do have to earn it day in day out. And there's no the coach is not going to put you in the game if you're dogging it in practice if you have are not making the adjustments that you need to make and are not helping your team win. So when you do get that chance and you do get, come in and, and get the job done or, or you do get that win, that victory in business, you look back at all the all the trials, the tribulations, all the ups and the downs, and, and you just think, man, you just believe it is worth it. It was worth it mm. to go 
to, I had to go through those things, those storms, those fires, but man, it all prepared me. And I yeah. think that's why God allows us to go through those is he knows that what we're going to, that the character that we're going to need to develop in the victory and the breakthrough to sustain that and to really glorify yeah. him. And it's, man, why would we, why would he give it to us early? He's, he knows what that could do. If we succeed too early or if it's not his timing, it's just, it's not gonna, it, it's not gonna bring kingdom impact. It's not gonna, we may think we did it all on our own. We may think that, 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 hey, I earned this. So now all the fruits of my labor go towards me. And I think for me, yeah. part of the reason that drives me each day is knowing that, knowing that there's a purpose, knowing that there, that God wants to, to make an impact through us as his people. And, yeah. and knowing that as we trust him and take those steps and keep making progress, it's the little wins. It's the little wins that, that stack up. There's no, there is no overnight success. Everyone talks about it, but it's just true. That's why people talk about it. It's, it's just day after day stacking those little wins. And now one thing I've had to do is, or to learn how to do is to give myself credit for the little wins that don't necessarily put money in my bank account, that don't necessarily move the needle, but acknowledging those little wins has been really important. Just the small progress, right? Like towards any goals, I think is whether it's a fitness goal or whether it's a business or a financial goal or just your vision with your family or your spouse, like just the fact that you get started and acknowledging all the progress along the way, I think that is really allows you to continue to persevere and keep going. When you just, yeah. when you have your mindset only on the prize, right? We always say, I keep your eye on the prize for sure. That's our long vision. But if we're not, if we're not noticing all the little things that happen that lead up to that, we get burnt yeah. out. You get burnt out and you feel like, man, I'm just like a hamster on a wheel. I'm just not getting anywhere. So yeah. I think for me, it's this, it's, that's been a big help of even journaling, just taking like at, at night, just writing down some things, like just thanking God for the little things, because it's just those will, those little stepping stones will lead to the victory and the breakthroughs, but it just doesn't happen without being faithful with the little things like that. Yeah, it's really good, man. A couple of things that you said that I wanted to key in on. One, you said in, in baseball, the attitude is, what have you done for me lately? And I think whether it's in business or sports, a lot of times if we've had a measure of success, we can start to lean mm -hmm. back on it and say, hey, I've accomplished this and I'm just tired. I'm tired of pushing and I would rather sit back and enjoy previous success. But as you're saying here, that, that stuff can move really quickly in the pros like you still got to be on it you always have to be on your game and i think it's the same in business that yeah. if we want to sit back the marketplace moves quick and it can move on without you if you're not 100%. advancing if you're not looking to innovate obviously we've seen in the last 10 years how many huge massive companies just went completely under because new companies came in and they innovated they fixed the problem better than the previous company yes hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I do believe that, you know, God, as God call, called us to create, that we really, that we need to, to be focusing on what are the problems that we're called to solve and, and to really align ourselves with people that, that can help get that done. I think it's just, again, a lot of people, myself included, we, in the past, in the beginning, you think that it's just on you to do it all. And it's just, the, it's the trap that I think many entrepreneurs fall into. And I think maybe some, for some people, maybe it's just because it's, it's greed. It's maybe it's out of greed, right? Cause they don't want to share the victory with other people, but 
coming from the sports world, you just can't win a championship if only one guy bats a thousand. Like you just can't, like you have to have quality character around you in all positions. And I think the more I've implemented that into business of surrounding myself with with quality people. And then some people, sometimes you don't really know their character up front. So I've had to go through partnerships that didn't work out and ultimately God exposes some people and some things in people that you're like, I didn't see that, but that uh, thank God for, for that because it wouldn't have worked long-term. I think that's a huge takeaway there is, is to really surround yourself and make sure you've got people that are definitely going in the right direction, but also have that character that we should be surrounding ourselves with. If not, it's just, it's only a matter of time until the whole vision explodes. And so I, I think leaning on people, lean, you know, finding great partners, just again, I always go back to the baseball, but it's championship teams. They're won by all nine players on the field contributing in some way, shape yeah. or form. And um, so I think that's what we have to do on the business front too, is really build those championship teams that, that are all coming together in common purpose and, and just love for one another and, and go out there and get it done. Yeah. Definitely. And one other thing that you said that I liked, you talked about celebrating the little wins. Mm. And it made me think how it's an immature mindset. Maybe sometimes you come across a kid who they make some big steps in sports, but they also made some mistakes. And after the game, they just dwell on their mistakes. And Mm -hmm. you say, hey, but you did this better. And they say, yeah, but I wasn't good enough. And I think a lot of times as Christians, I'll talk to to maybe younger Christians who are starting out and they think, man, I got to pray an hour every day. And I'm like, okay, we'll start off praying for five minutes every day. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, I did pray for five minutes, but it's not good enough. And I think a lot of us can live under that almost negative coach, but it's our own self-talk that's always telling us, you're not good enough. You should be better. But what I hear you saying is that the way to find momentum in life is to actually look at our progress and recognize, man, the fact that I can celebrate that I made some changes, that feels good. All right, now let's go build off of that. Can you speak to that type of two different mindsets that you see going on there? One that's just always feeling like they're never good enough and the other one that celebrates the little wins? Yeah, absolutely. I'll start I'll start back on the sports world because that's where I developed that mindset. But I think you, you see someone's character when, you know, true character when they didn't do well, when things didn't happen the way uh, they wanted it to, one that wanted the outcome to, to happen. For me, it was always like just focusing on the adjustments, focusing on what can I do? Yeah, that happened. Or maybe I didn't pitch that that game, but let me go look at some film. Let me see what I was doing. Let me see how I can, how I can level up and adjust. Maybe it's my release point. Maybe it's my, my delivery. Maybe it's using my legs more, but whatever it might, might've been. I think having that, that, that solution mindset of, hey, listen, I'm not going to focus on the tr- on the problem. We're going to focus on how do we get better. And, and yeah, there's so many people, even now just coaching my, my son's team, you get the kids that come off crying about the little things and they just, let's say that they get get out and they come home, they come back to the dugout crying. They go on the field and that ball finds them. That ball finds them and then they make an error in the field because they were they weren't they weren't ready or they were stuck in the past. And it's the same thing in business. It, when things didn't work out with my last partnership, wait, what, what what am I going to do? Am I going to am I going to cry about it? Am I going to complain? Am I going to blame? Because that doesn't do any good. There's no value there. There's no value for us when we blame and complain about things that we can't control. So I think it's just always how can I get better? I'm not going to allow any of the external factors or people or, or situations to dictate my 
you know, my focus and, and, and my perseverance and my vision because no person can make or break us. No, no situation can make or break us. Yeah. We can make or break ourselves really by how we believe and how we, how we adjust and how we just don't quit. Yeah. So I, I think that's it. It comes down to, and ultimately the victory comes from the Lord. If we just stay in the game of life and whatever it is we're doing, uh, we just keep that confident expectation that he's going to come through and provide the victory. Um, we can't go wrong. We can, we really can't. We can't lose there. That's a winning mindset, and it's hard. Yeah. To, it's hard to maintain that mindset when when the 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 house seems to be crumbling. But it's the only way. It's it, as as hard as it is. It's the only way. It's the only way to progress and to overcome those obstacles of, of just yeah. you know continuing to progress, continue to focus on what's next, and take responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Alan, we're going to bring this to a close here soon, but like I've said, one of the things that's impressed me most about you as I've gotten to know you as a friend is your mindset. And even what you just said, that someone can't make you feel a certain way, you're actually in control of your own emotions. So if you're using language like, they're making me feel frustrated. No, they're doing something and you could choose to be frustrated or you could choose not to be frustrated. But the way that we actually win in life is by taking responsibility for the things that we can control. And yeah, I'm not going to give control to somebody else. Somebody else can't ruin my day. Maybe they could do something that I don't like, but I can still make a choice on whether or not I'm going to have a great day regardless of whether or not that person inconvenienced my day and man you're such a beast with your mindset uh, you are a man that that takes responsibility i've known you to be a man of honor integrity any final words you want to give to our listeners before we go yeah i think um being that that our our, our crowd typically is believers for the most part and by god's grace i think it just comes down to when we have jesus we have everything and if we don't have them, it doesn't matter what we have nothing. For me, it's always been about, I've come back to that verse, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Hey, it doesn't matter what we have to go through in this earth to reach to reach the potential that God has for a life. It's worth it. It's worth it. Because it, it, if we die trying, that's better, right? That's better for us as believers too. So that's a little yeah. bit, I don't want that to be dark, but that's just our faith. When we really truly believe in that, like that's, we'll do whatever it takes. We'll walk through the fires, right? We're going to go yeah. in the lion's den. We're going to, we're going to do whatever it takes. And I just encourage everyone to just to lean in and take those risks with, with faith, with faith that, that God will show up and he won't disappoint. He never has and never will. So it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate this talk. There's some things that I brought back up that, that I need to reminding myself. It, it can, I hope it serves some people and I know it served me too. So I appreciate you, Caleb. Pre- well, I'm sure, man. Yeah, absolutely. Having Jesus is worth it, man. You will go through, and I'm saying this to our listeners, you might go through file, fires, you might go through storms, you might go through tribulations, but I'm telling you, he is worth it. And the reality is, if you know him, you're going to spend eternity with him. And that will be so worth it. Man, such an honor, privilege doing life with you. Thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah. Amen, brother. Thanks for having me, dude. Have a blessed day, brother. We'll be talking soon. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Chosen Podcast, powered by The King's Council. If you loved what you heard, give us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also watch this podcast and much more on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash King's Council Coaching.